Hello, everybody. This is Elena Mozaner, and this is Mind Over Matter podcast. And today I will be talking to Anya Vlads, who is a finance specialist. She holds MBA, also, also a master's in science and finance. And she's a model, an actress, and beauty and health advocate. She's also a friend who, ha- who I have known for more than 10 years. So welcome, Anya. Thank you. Thank you, Lena. Great seeing you. We haven't seen each other in I don't know how many years, right? Two years. Yeah. Yeah. We saw each other two years ago in November in 2019 in New York City. You and I had lunch together on the Upper West Side. There you go. Look at you. That's right. That's where I am right now. Actually, that's exactly where I am right now, Upper West Side. There you go. So you stayed in New York. I thought you were moving to Florida or something like that. No, uh, no, no. I'm in New York actually now. Uh, I've been here for about a month, month and a half now. But yes, uh, I did go to Florida um, to escape uh, New York's, uh, I'd say, darkness maybe during COVID and yeah. uh, cold winter. And uh, I think it was a challenging time for a lot of people. And uh, if you are one of those people who needs uh, vitamin D and sunshine and your health and kind of psychological well-being, you know, is affected by that. Um, I am surely one of those people. I, uh, yeah, I left New York for quite some time. Mm. So, and well, let's just let our audience know that we, we met more, about, about 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago right now. And we were together in, in, in the same social scene, right? Social circles. We have um, many common friends together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, th- that's been quite nice. And, and, you know, we had so much fun time and uh, going out and restaurants and events. It was a really, really, I remember a, a cool social life at the time. And I left New York. Yeah four years ago, five, five, something like that, four, three years ago, I left New York. I'm now in California. Haven't been in New York since the pandemic began because I used to go there at least a few times a year, uh, but uh, I have to wait a little bit. So tell me, you, New York, you're, you're, you're back there and you, you decided to come back, right? So how is it now? I, I hear that it's much, much better. People were so scared. There were articles online saying that New York is dead and all that. Is it coming back to life? Well, actually, it is coming back to life, but I think it's coming back to life mainly because of the uh, weather change. Um, right now, it's sunny outside, blue sky, and it's what it's like 30, 30 Celsius or so. What is it in Fahrenheit? It's, it's very warm, right? And uh, the places are opening up. So after June 15th, I think um, with all the talks of um, economy reopening, it kind of made uh, people feel more optimistic uh, about um, the future. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it did, you know, and uh, with a lot of museums, reopenings, I get all the email notifications, you know, about different museums, different exhibits that are on, um, which is, you know, it's exciting. It's different after, what, 16, 16 yeah. months. Of yeah, COVID, time. and um, it gives it gives hope, I think. And uh, uh, to be honest, I I I came here because I needed to. I had some appointments, some interviews that I needed to attend. Um, but honestly, if not for that, I don't know um, if I uh, 
would have uh, come back here because our, you know, my work is um, remote uh, right now, yeah. still is. And um, hopefully, you know, it'll stay like that. Um, most likely not, but I hope that there will be some kind of a uh, hybrid structure um, in the, you know, financial corporate world. Uh, because honestly, if not for the meetings that I had to be here for and for the appointments, I probably wouldn't have. Uh, been here and I would have stayed uh, somewhere else somewhere more peaceful somewhere more harmonious with yeah. um, my soul you know <laughs> yeah yeah so last time I saw you I, I you you remember I had a baby she was then one now she's going to be three or, um, in September and I have another one another girl amazing yeah <laughs> so flies. a lot has changed I know a lot has changed for me I became a mom and obviously it's such an incredible experience uh, do, you feel, do you think you'll have kids in the future? Uh, it's definitely something that, you know, it's not uh, ruled out. Yes, uh, I would like to have kids in the future. Um, whether it will be in New York and if New York is the right environment, once again, it's, yeah. another, it's another story. So um, it's a challenging place to um, uh, raise a family, I think. Um, not yeah. only for obvious reasons, I think, uh, such as financial right matters. So if you are well off financially and uh, you can afford a good school, good education for your child, I think it's one of the major like contributing factors. That's number one. Then obviously the safety mm -hmm. um, of the city. And I have noticed that uh, it's, uh, it's not as safe anymore as it used to be, uh, especially. So I used to live... Um, uh, close to Times Square, not not the best area at all. So yeah. uh, with that said, right now, I'd say it is even worse. Mm. Um, the crime rate is up uh, on the corner of my building uh, where I used to live. They murdered a man, they just shot him. Then there are a lot of um, uh, small hotels that are being converted to uh, homeless shelters. Mm. And with that, uh, you know, there are pluses and minuses. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, it's noticeable how, you know, the minuses are more noticeable. It's always the negatives that you see that are visible, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the place is uh, dirtier, it's uh, unsafe, and um, there are a lot of drugs uh, being distributed. Uh, and I don't know if the cops. Uh, no, it's not a safe place. It doesn't sound like one. I mean, even back then, I moved out from New York <laughs> because I didn't want to raise family there. But um, if you were to raise family, where would it be? Where would you see it? Uh, it would be. Raise kids, raise family. Possibly, raise family. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, one of the warmer states um like florida maybe, maybe maybe florida but honestly i don't know if it's versatile enough florida is awesome and great but in terms of um culturally and uh, in terms of the variety um i feel like something is lacking uh maybe maybe california i haven't been in california um during no. the pandemic no. and how it is now i've heard it's pretty bad it was pretty bad uh but then a friend of mine just uh, uh went to la last week and she said it's fantastic she she really likes it there now and she's from new york herself yes. so that's kind of optimistic and then you know there are always other countries out there i uh 
lived in Australia for 11 years. Mm -hmm. So maybe uh, down maybe, the road, maybe back, back to Australia. Maybe going back to Australia. You know, I always have uh, amazing associations with Australia. It's another story what's happening there right now with yeah. the uh, pandemic. Uh, yeah. Nevertheless, they did uh, do an amazing job um, with, you know, uh, keeping the numbers very, very low. But right now they just went into another lockdown because in Sydney they found like a cluster of about 13 people with COVID, which is like 13, you know, what is it in comparison to our numbers, right? Yeah. But um, uh, Australia is always there. And uh, also, you know, ma um, motherland, mother Russia, Moscow. Would you, would you really go back and leave in motherland with your man and your kids? Would you really do that? You know, I think I would because uh, two, three years ago when I went there, I think, yeah, that was, that's about right. Uh, I, for the first time in my life, I thought that Moscow is a place where I can see myself moving back to and actually think that I could have a good life there. Mm -hmm. I never thought that before. Before, my thought was always like, I love Moscow. I am patriotic about my country. And mm -hmm. uh, I haven't seen my whole country. It's huge. I mean, Russia is massive. but Moscow is amazing. Moscow is like New York. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's actually more advanced than New York in many yeah. areas. You in, know, what, in what areas? Well, for example, even logistically in terms of like a uh, subway, right? Public subway is definitely cleaner, faster. It's, yeah, it's, yes. it's good. Then traffic jams, not. Traffic jams are horrible if you're, yeah. you know, driving and you kind of need to. Uh, my mom, when I see my mom and when, for example, she uh, picks me up from the airport, right? Uh, she would ask me, make sure your flight is either really, really early or really late, just yeah. because you can be, you can stuck in the traffic jam for like four to five hours. That's um, what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thankfully right. there, there are sub subways, but yeah, no traffic is horrible there, but Moscow but is like a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Other things also, for example, even apps, even the, um, uh, parks and, uh, what they are developing in the parks right now, uh, uh, I see so many new, more advanced things that the apps that they develop for the city and urban development. Mm. I thought Central Park is amazing. To be honest, I think right now Central Park is just, it's just there. It's just park. Because yeah. if you go to Moscow and to the park by Moscow River, what they've done there uh, with the, uh, how they engage public and all the activities and events that they have. And for youth as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I think they are really trying to um, promote and they're doing a good job at healthy, uh, promoting healthy living to young adults. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As opposed yeah, to no, my sister, my cousin lives in Moscow. My cousin lives in Moscow. She has two, two kids and uh, she works there and her husband works for television she's just having a great time and she's now changing her career. She's, she's becoming a, um, a producer. She's making videos, uh, shooting commercials. Um, she's, and she's really establishing his business really quickly because, you know, there are a lot of business people, entrepreneurs. Um, she she started really quickly. She went to a really good school. It's things happen really, really fast in Moscow. And, uh, it's, it's very, very, um, it's an interesting country right now. And the young people who, who are living in Russia, they are, you know, they're, they're very similar to people in Europe, people in America, you know, young people don't have the borders anymore. Like, like we used to have right. then 20 years ago, there were borders and we were all different. Now 
they're all this, they're similar and they're exchanging their memes, their beliefs and information, you know, patterns. There's a lot of exchange going on. So it's helping Russia in many ways because I do think a lot of Russia is now being reinvented by young people, like people, you know, our age, younger, uh, they're reinventing Russia from from a different viewpoint, you know? Right. Really helping. And I think in comparison to New York, you know, if you to compare uh, like apples to apples, you know, with Moscow, there are a lot of opportunities where they are still untapped and there is still potential for uh, substantial growth. Whether in New York, the competition and the market is so oversaturated, there they can learn and observe what's happening in uh, America, in New York, in other cities, and they can uh, utilize it and implement it in Moscow. Uh, if they have the resources and backing, uh, you know, you know, financial backing, because right now the market is not as saturated there. So uh, the market growth, for market for uh, what? Oh, for anything. For example, even for for um, healthy, healthy, healthy living, food, for example, mm -hmm. right? Uh, vegan restaurants or um, vegan alternatives such as uh, production of yogurts oat milk, yeah. almond milk, all that kind of stuff. The trend is just kind of... Ah, that's right. Up. Here here it's already you know? oversaturated because the competition right. is so high and, and there it's just coming. It's just starting. They're just implementing it. Yeah. And the same thing with the coffee. Oh, what's a trendy coffee? Let's have this trendy coffee shop with uh, all the milk varieties, which they finally have now. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. Just like with that, there are other developments like with, with, with other apps. Develop some kind of app, like for example, video, video, like your sister does, right? Uh, video production. Uh, they imitate a lot of things, but they also yeah. can make it better. It's like China, you know, China. Ah, yeah, you're right. And Russia is very good at copying. You're right. The Russia is really good at copying, but you're right. They're making it better. They're, they're actually innovating things, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, you know what, if uh, the opportunity presents itself to be in Moscow and, you know, to make a decent living in Moscow, which I think is possible, then yeah. I would consider, mm, I would. Mm. I don't know if they started Amazon delivery there. That's one thing I miss. I remember last time I found uh, there's no Amazon. <laughs> I'm like, well, oh. I'm sure Amazon will start delivering in Russia too. There will be a time. Things, things are changing so fast. Right. This is They're so cool. I, do you watch any, um, actually, I'm going to ask you that later. First, I want to say that one last thing about motherhood, that motherhood is a sacrifice. It's definitely a sacrifice. It's not easy. And um, it's something as, it's a commitment. You know, as a woman, you have to really be ready for it. Do you think you, 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 do, you do you realize the sacrifice and would you be ready for that kind of sacrifice and time off yeah. from life? You know, I look at my friends and I think about them and how they handle um, things when they have a child and whether it's a newborn or whether it's, you know, a baby that's one year old, two year old and the um, commitment that a child requires. Um, maybe I'm overthinking it, but honestly, I don't think so. Um, and I admire like I admire this woman. I admire you because you are also very passionate about film industry and you make your own movies. And it's a, such a commitment to do that when you have a project, for example, right? When you have a family, you know, you have a husband um, and you want to have that balance as well. It's like in that book, Lean In. Is it possible to have work-life balance? I honestly mm. think 
it's not. No. Please tell me if you think it is. Because then you can then you can teach me how, and then mm. maybe I'll be more willing to give birth sooner. <laughs> well, women are doing it. They are doing it. It's not easy. It's not easy. And actually, the sooner you do it, and that's why I wanted to have my second child because I wanted to have two kids. It's it's better to have two kids. Actually, it's nice um, in ways that it's, it's it's such a rich experience. It's hard to explain when you don't have children. The you're really beginning to reparent yourself when you have kids because you want to be a better version you know you see your own continuation you see a little you right and you're like this is what i'd like this is what i would do for me you know this is what i want for them then then you ask yourself well why am i not doing it for myself you start doing it for yourself this is what i want them not do when they grow up and that's this is what they need to believe in and and i'm like well then i need to start i need to start believing that right now so you you're really changing yourself for better it's it's incredible and then the second is coming in you realize how your attention you have to manage and juggle your attention it's about being a conscious parent and patient parent there's so many lessons so much learning and if one of your values is growth and becoming a better human being uh, having children is one of the these incredible sources that can teach you you know, to be a better person. Now, to answer your question about um, work-life balance, it's possible. And there are many, many women that are doing it, actually. You know, I watched an interview with Juliana Margulis with an interesting lady whose name is, her name is Kasia or Urbaniak, I think like that, something like that. I'll tell you more about her a little later. But Juliana Margulis is, um, is a really good actress. She's been in television shows like The Good Wife. She has, uh, I think, one son or two sons, at least if, even if it's one son. She has managed to be a mother and a wife and um, a really talented actress, producer, you know. Uh, and she was talking about that, how it's, it's not easy, it's hard, it's, it's a work-life ba work balance, and she's in excellent shape. And there are things that you will not have time for. Like, there were things that I literally didn't have time. I'm, I'm managing to put exercise in, even... Yes, yeah, sure. I had an hour for yoga. I had an hour to exercise. Now I have to do it in 15 minutes, 20 minutes every day, you know? And, and that's, that's, that's what I have. 15 minutes. If I can get a half hour right now, it's going to change in a year. But right now, this is the, all I can do right now. I'll, I'll do that, you know? And I'll, and I'll establish a healthier habit. It's hard to eat healthy when you're a little stressed out, when you have so much going on, you just, you know, eat here and there. And, and then you're like, you know, I need to also work through it so that's that's the part of your life that doesn't you you don't have a whole lot of attention for that part of life let's let's say you know because i want my attention to go into refining certain projects uh doing my work um being a good mother so some things will not have as much attention as you would want however one thing i noticed is that i have become so much more organized and i realized there were times before i have kids that i would sit do a project and i would put more time than I needed, you know, more time than I needed. And now I put less time and I, I accomplish a similar result. And there are times when you work on something so much and so, so diligently, you let it out. Let's say it's a project, you let it out in the, in the universe and it's not justified. You know, you could let out a, a, like Seth Gordon talks about launch. Don't perfect your project, launch and ship it, ship, 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 launch. Because when you launch, then you get feedback, you communicate with your audience, and then you perfect it. And so that's something that I've learned is just get it down, be happy with it, let out, improve, you know, improve. 
So that's with projects, at least with some of the projects. I was able to shoot, um, I started doing a TV, uh, you know, the uh, online series. I just shot, uh, shot an episode last week. I could have made it, would have done it earlier um, if I didn't have, you know, family. And But at the same time, I feel like I'm getting a lot done, a lot, maybe even more done productively. And I read, I have time to read. Everything is scheduled, every single thing. I have 20 minutes of reading schedule. I literally, I took two books that I'm going to read in the next 40 days. I'm going to read, it's 800 pages. So it's 20 pages a day. So I have 40 days to read the book. Okay, two books. Do you have a time, uh, like let's say in the morning, 20 minutes or in the evening, do you actually write down like, I, 10 a.m. I'm going to read a book or something like that? Uh, right now it's scheduled for nine. So, and I put it a little bit, put time in, uh, uh, usually in the morning it's better. So yes, it's in the morning. Right now it's scheduled in the morning. If I miss out, I'll pick up the book and I'll read just a little bit when I have time, when I go home today. I do have a client after this. So I had a client before this podcast and I have a client after this podcast too. So I am working, I'm keeping a life balance, but what I'm not doing, Anna, is this. My social life is not as exciting as it was when I lived in New York and that's okay. I'm doing podcasts and my need for social connection is satisfied. I'm not standing in a, a social event, interacting with a lot of people and having a glass of wine in my hand, you know, having a little appetizer or just talking to different people, random people coming in, like, like that kind of stuff. It's not there. It's more determined. You know, I, I do I my, my need. Hmm? more fulfilling right now. Well, the need, you need, to ask, you, ask to ask, you need to ask, what is the need? If I need, my need for social life is really the need for connection, maybe surprise, you know, sometimes it's a surprise. When I lived in New York back then, it was to meet someone, to, to, to connect with people, to build a network. Maybe there's an opportunity that will come from somewhere, maybe for business and so on and so forth. All of these needs for business are satisfied in other ways. I reach out to people that I see specifically on LinkedIn or on the YouTube video, right? Uh, for business connections, I can go and hire certain people on Upwork. I can hire somebody again on LinkedIn. I can ask people from my network, right? Uh, my need for maybe surprise is missing. You know, somebody come approaching me and, you know, and, and, and talking. I don't really need that anymore. I, I, my need for surprise is satisfied with my kids and my husband you know i have a lot of interesting things happening right now in my world with my kids that is a surprise you know a new word a new sentence a new something every day there's, it's something new so that need is satisfied and the other need for connection that is also incredible when you go out there in social life you connect with people you get to know them that need for connection is also satisfied when i connect with clients when I connect now, uh, doing a podcast is really incredible because I do. I, I really wanted to connect with other people, you know, whether it's people I already know, people, new people. So that need is also satisfied. I think it's about really finding, understanding what is it that I'm really looking for. Is there something that I need to push aside, or if I really need to satisfy that need, how do I, how else I do I satisfy that need together with the new outcome, like having kids, for instance, or having a family or becoming a mom, right? So yeah. does that make sense? I think you made a very good point about, uh, this is something that I picked up earlier uh, when we spoke before, before filming this podcast. Uh, we were talking about filming something and I asked you, so are you going to look at it later and you're going to edit? And you said something, you know what? No, I won't have time to do this, to review this whole thing again. No, it's going to be very natural. It's going to be pretty much almost impromptu. If there is something that I would like to edit, it will be very minimal because look, 
I record it and I upload it. We work on it, we discuss interesting topics because later on it'll be something else. And you know, that's a critical um, element, I think. And for me, this is something that I used to struggle with and I still uh, think that I, I still struggle with it. A lot of people I think do, is that you want to perfect something, but when you are perfecting something, it's not getting out there. You're not getting exactly. that feedback and you are stale. You're not growing. And then you might want to give up altogether on that idea, you know? That's right. That's exactly right. You got it right. And 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 every business person is advising you all the time, get out there, interact with, with your user. For instance, I have an app called AlphaMind <clears throat> and it's not perfect, right? I've created, we've created it with another developer in um, Unity, which is a, uh, a, a software developing application um and i've been talking i've been talking with other people and they said no you need to develop in something else you need to do native language blah 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 but the app is decent it's good it's working and it's out there and um as i've been talking with other people and also uh, you know there's y combinator which is an excellent accelerator i didn't get in but i i studied with them i you know they have this startup startup school and one thing i have learned from them is no matter, just you have an idea, put it together. There are so many billion dollar companies to, that get out their project, their app, their website. It was a simple spreadsheet or it was a very simple WordPress site, but they got out there to start interacting with an audience. And then it started, started to pick up. And as they interact with the user, you talk to your users, okay? And then you perfect it. So that's something that I felt extremely uncomfortable with, Anna. And I can understand what you're talking about, this, you know, perfecting. And I was perfecting my app and my, my letting out, letting it out there. And then finally, we released it. I started talking to users. And, um, and I'm comfortable with the fact that it's not perfect. I'm not ready to go, like, you know, hire a PR person or do public relations. Because if Oprah gets, uses my app or Kim Kardashian and, you know, and then they talk about it and then everybody starts using it and like the website crashes. I don't want that. Obviously, I don't want that, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> but right, I want right. them to use my app. I want them to try my app. So I'm going to do my best to, to really improve it and perfect it. But like I said, I got it out there um, no matter how uncomfortable I felt uh, with it being imperfect. And, and especially criticism can be harsh. I mean, people are saying this, you know, with the criticizing and all that, but you have to learn how to take criticism. So that's the power yeah. of it's that feedback loop as well that's very important like for example for me uh what was challenging especially with the uh travel part is i decided to um you've seen launch my uh new instagram account focusing on health and beauty right i noticed and, that tell me more about it right i thought that you know what i have been uh so i started um fitness uh, personal training back in australia so i lived in australia for like 10 years and I thought that, do I want to become a personal trainer? Do I want to become a nutritionist? Um, and I realized like from studying all of this um, information for so many years, uh, Instagram became a portal where I wanted to start and uh, create content to share with my audience, you know, and share it with my current audience on my uh, personal page. But I realized that, you know what, this content needs to be very regular and it doesn't have to be a long post because for example i've been dealing with some health issues with some 
skin issues. And then when I was researching and talking to so many specialists, I realized that there is no answer for this one thing, but I've had so many other female friends who asked me about it, who don't know what the solution is. For example, one of them is that perioral dermatitis skin issue. I've tried everything under the sun to treat it. It's that nasty rash you get. Yeah, I saw, I saw it on your Instagram. And did you find right. something that helps you? Well, yes. You know what the irony of it is that it can be triggered by a number of things. And in my case, it's triggered by cold weather. Mm. So when I went to Florida, it cleared. But the doctors, he give you antibiotics, a lot of antibiotics for at least one month. Antibiotics wreak havoc on your system, especially during COVID. You don't want to take antibiotics because then your microbiome, your gut flora is destroyed. Your immunity is affected. So for me, I tried all the creams. I tried, I've done antibiotics because it's a repetitive issue I've had for now five years, right? And every time it would be prescribed to me, uh, by dermatologists, antibiotics prescribed. So I realized, okay, it's the climate. I'm like, do I move to a warmer state? That was like another mm -hmm. reason. Like, do I need to travel for, for it to go away? And then by accident, I discovered that's what was causing it. But um, I remember drafting a long post about what causes it, what uh, medic uh, medication uh, that was prescribed by doctors. In fact, it was almost like a free consultation uh, on Instagram, right? But yeah. that would so much time and especially mm. if you have a full-time job in order mm -hmm. to to create content to have uh image or footage and especially if you're recording a video you need to edit it i'm not a, i'm not an editor by trade you know so it's almost like i needed to learn something completely different to upload just one post and at that point i realized i can't do it like that I can't have like a professional Instagram account. And also the audience wants that interaction, very frequent interaction, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get all the uh, beauticians or estheticians who follow you or people with the same health concern who would like to get what- It's a full-time job. It's a full-time right. job. They, they want to know what the cure is. And uh, um, basically if you keep it very simple, but two, three times a week, mm -hmm. then it's- uh, Instagram account that will grow, you know, the number of followers will increase. Unfortunately, I realized it because I didn't do that because I was also traveling. And that is right now kind of a, on, a, on, a, on a back burner, something that mm -hmm. I'm working on. But with that said, I was able to film, you know, to record four videos that I've been thinking about uploading. And I think what I'm going to do is stop perfecting it because I'm not going to edit it. Yeah. I'm not going to have it perfect. I just need to have it there for the audience. Well, but, but for Instagram, you don't have to have it perfect. The idea of Instagram is that things happen instantly, really quickly. Instagram, right? You, you post a quick right. video, you're somewhere by the ocean, you're filming, filming something. You're by the uh, airplane, you go into the airplane, you film a quick, quick video. Uh, 30 seconds one minute the videos I, that that i have though are for youtube because I youtube is different yeah i have like 25 minute video right mm. so and it's like four videos and i wanted to take some clips and post it on instagram you know oh, like a I story see. bit by yeah. bit so that takes time because i would like to edit it to break it yeah, down yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no youtube is different but you can hire get an inter, in, intern social media intern no i think that's what i'm going to have to do right now because I spoke with a number of people and they're like, look, with the way your job is, there's no way you can do what you want to do by yourself. Mm -hmm. So um, it looks like that.
It's a lot of work. Even right now doing the podcast, I had to, I, re- I thought it was so much simple to upload on Spotify, but then, uh, then I learned you had to have a different account with uh, one of the, you know, like SoundCloud or RSS dashboards. Maybe so you I, can I, teach me about it later because that's another thing I would like to do a podcast. Yes. It's simple. You, I'll talk to you. Yes. It's just, you, I mean, usually you have someone else doing it, but because I've, you know, I've, I've done those things before with editing and film. So I learned quickly and I, okay, so you have to upload something on RSS. You have to have an RSS feed. Uh, you have to have um, an artwork for the, you know, the actual podcast and the descriptions for each and every, the titles have to be really good um, artwork for each episode. Then it automatically uploads to Spotify or Apple podcasts. I need to do Apple podcasts. I've only done the Spotify. So and actually, Spotify is different. People that are finding podcasts right now on Spotify are different people. Like there's some people from Europe that are finding it. You have to use certain keywords, you know, for for your podcast and, and the guests that you have. So this is like for, for today, today, we'll have different keywords like New York City Social Life. We'll have a keyword, a keyword for beauty, a keyword for um, pandemic. That would be a big one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Moscow, social life in right. Moscow, Moscow life, you know, is like that. So yeah, is it something you can monetize on down the road, or it's down the road. YouTube? Down the road, my like I said, my goal is right now is to first connect with people because I've already done six or seven episodes and I've learned a lot of new things and connected. Um, I'm having people listening to podcasts. I, I see which podcasts are more popular, which which themes are interesting to people. That's interesting for me right. just from the analytics point of view. Um, and then I can, you know, reinforce certain topics more. Um, monetizing, yes, it's not my primary primary goal at the moment. You, you can approach um, sponsors later on, but um, this is not something that I'm not thinking a whole lot about. Maybe later on. So what I do want to do is like I'm shooting the um, I shot the up episode for the magical mind called Juliana, which I'm going to start editing this month as soon as I get all the footage. I'd like to get sponsors for that, you know, to start doing the series and maybe take it to the next, next level, like make it bigger production. But yeah, so that's something that I'd like to to, to monetize in a sense. But podcast, we'll see. We'll see what happens right now. It's, it's about connecting, getting getting to know your audience and um having a good time with people that you connect to like today i haven't connected with you in like so long we had a conversation yeah. what like f- five months ago and now we connected again and it's it's, it's exactly it's great, it's great. our and time is running out I, well. what's that <laughs> wonderful to see you as well your so face good to see you too. We just call <laughs> i know it's good to see your face listen i want to ask you one last thing um there actually were a number of things that but usually one hour is not enough time running out so fast i don't have, even have time for all the questions but right. what do you think about masculine and feminine because this is a one of the you know themes in, in my podcasts i talk to people personal growth experts um you are a woman do you think um there is a masculine feminine as an energy as an archetype something within yourself what are your thoughts on that Absolutely. I think there is masculine and feminine and I think there are pluses and minuses. And this is something that I uh, personally can relate to because I find myself to be very strong, very much alpha. And I don't know if it's a good thing. And maybe a lot of women right now will frown and with uh, all the movements right now and with all the DNI, you know, diversity and inclusion, all power to the women, equal pay, which I agree 
uh, is important uh, and uh, you know all the uh, liberties that were given to women. But I'm talking about more subtle dynamics, you know, especially at home when you are with your man, with your partner, and um, it also depends, of course, on your partner. If the partner is more feminine and a woman is more alpha, that's totally fine. There are many couples like that. But I feel that my own kind of alpha personality gets on my own way. And it's, um, it's something that prevents me from uh, sometimes having uh, a healthy relationship, you know, with my partner. Really? Where, yeah, he hmm. is very strong. He is very much alpha. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with him, you know, because I needed someone who will be strong because me as a strong woman, I need a strong man, yeah. you know, but my mom uh, is very strong, very independent. She raised me, uh, you know, she, uh, she brought me up and she uh, paid for all my school, you know, she sent me to school in England and I admire her. I admire her for running her own business, for being a successful businesswoman. But I picked up the traits from her, which helped me to survive, to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, on my own, to travel all these different, you know, countries, to be in New York. And that's kind of my exterior and my interior, too, for that matter. But they're not necessarily helpful for um, a healthy relationship where uh, a woman, I think, should possess softer nurturing uh, gentler qualities feminine um, more feminine side and you know absolutely. there's absolutely yeah and i feel like i started to practice um i started to uh maybe about two months ago i started to do kundalini yoga and mm. i picked kundalini when i was in uh, mexico and it was by pure chance i saw uh, i saw this uh guy and he was uh, doing some alignment work, adjustment work, like energy work on one of the girls uh, who later I realized had lower back issues. And this is something that I have, unfortunately, for the past uh, two, three months, it's gotten really, really bad out of control. And I realized that I have herniated discs and it gotten much worse and nothing works. So when I approached him, uh, this guy in Mexico, I, uh, he told me that he's a Kundalini teacher and he's a master. In my opinion, he's, a, he's like a guru. He went through training in India as well. And he explained uh, a lot about Kundalini, about energy, about chakras, about our root chakra, especially how important it is for, for women, that Kundalini energy, right? And this is something that I didn't give enough attention. I always wanted to, but I never did it in practice. Um, and being in Mexico for like one month, I dedicated myself to it completely. Every morning at 6 a.m., you know, rain or shine, would wake up and would do Kundalini for two hours. Mm. And uh, I found that to be so um, kind of harmonious and stabilizing where my energy flow you know, my connection to my soul and to my, to my, to my heart and to my emotions, as opposed to just my mind, because my mind is so strong. I'm all in my mind. I'm very logical, very rational. And that kind of blocks, I think it blocks my, you know, it blocks heart chakra for that matter. Yeah. And it needs to be opened up because then the energy doesn't flow. If there is a blockage somewhere, it can create, it can create uh, issues in the body and disease. Absolutely. Yeah. And then psychosomatic, right? Of course. This is the that. kind of stuff you can talk about on your channel too, you know? Um, yes. Fem feminine. Yes. This is, um, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but again, the power of having these conversations, Anna, is 
for me as well to understand what is important to women right now. And one of the topics that has been coming up is feminine and masculine. And I personally, what I'm seeing is that something that I've experienced sometime, some time ago as well is, you know, I do have a strong masculine as well. And, um, you know, I'm straightforward. I am, I'm strong. I'm confident. And um, I, I'm a good visionary. I, I'm, a, I'm a very good with creating structures and sch- schemes, like schema, like systems, like yes. system thinking. So, schemes. And, <laughs> schemes, yes, schemes, yes, systems. So but that's system thinking and re- being rational, logical is a very masculine quality. The feminine quality, feminine, and it's been looked down upon primarily by women lately, by women lately. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look down upon because women want to be like men. They want to be as successful as men. They want to be, you know, working in the entertainment business. They want to be working in finance. And the way to do it is to be um, less emotional and more clear and non-feminine. So, and it's a cool quality. You know, I like I like the masculine quality a lot, but we are neglecting our feminine and feminine. Absolutely. And I think yeah. women will never be like men. So they should not try. They have certain qualities which men will never have, which they should utilize to men be successful. Men must utilize. Mm-hmm. We, no, no. Women have qualities yeah. which men do not. So yeah. they should focus on utilizing these qualities to be successful. Don't become a man because man will always win. He has it already. It's natural. It's given to him. As a woman, you have certain elements you can, you can use to actually, for lack of a better word, to win in that game to get mm-hmm. that attention to be right so it's not that the, the man right so to tell you it's not like the man will always win i'm not sure if i like say to say the man will maybe in some areas the man will um su- succeed and proceed and move forward in certain specific manly areas right mm. but but i don't know but it's not even about winning i think we think about winning um no no, when... no it's not winning like i said it's for the lack of the better word right it's, i agree with you absolutely it's not the best word right but to be heard you know to be uh, a lot of women for example when they are in a boardroom right they are so used to um, when they start speaking all of a sudden someone speaks over them and usually it will be a male because majority of the corporate world are males you know then you have to be in your masculine this is the time to be in your masculine you know mm. because that's how men do with each other they they, they 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 you know they it's about domination basically right masculine is you know it can be very harmful if it's in a very unhealthy form of the masculine which is becoming a dominant tyrant you know there's a really good book i'm reading about the unhealthy form of masculine which is tyrant sadistic dismissive bulldozing bullying this is all really unhealthy qualities of the right masculine. that's why we have me too movement as yeah. a result of that yeah as a result of that but the other thing with me too movement it is it's a necessary movement but do you do do you know do you realize how many men don't like it and there are secret groups on facebook where men are discussing the fact that it's unhealthy they don't like it women are victimized they're there may be some sort of backlash that women would experience oh, like me too movement you know i think so. so yeah go ahead yeah no i think there will be a backlash and i agree with you about all those uh, uh, groups uh, being formed on facebook or wherever because i feel like that shift of um shift of i don't want to say shift of power but that shift it's something that's uncomfortable to a lot of men and um 
they might be rolling their eyes right now listening to this, you know, but it's true. Otherwise, we wouldn't have all, um, you know, uh, all that news um, that we're listening to about um, uh, another protest or about diversity and inclusion uh, being one of the major themes right now and corporate boards where they are looking for women to be, you know, on, on the board of whatever Fortune 500 companies, etc. So, um, and, you know, just because it is true, the statistic is that it's predominantly white males that, you know, sit on boards that work in uh, organizations um, versus women. So in a way, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but it is in a way some sort of a revolution or revolt, you know, or maybe uprising where it's not really, it's nothing, it's not really an uprising or um, yeah. anything violent, but women are finally coming out of their shells and kind Just of unapologetically. Yeah, they are unapologetic about uh, making their voice heard. And, and, and I agree, some women can be angry. And, you know, Jordan Peterson, Peterson calls and says that feminists have secret need to dominate other men. It's possible some yeah. some feminists get into that point and they go into their masculine where their masculine begins to hate masculine in a man you know and wants to dominate them just like they dominated them you know but yeah there but is, it's unhealthy it's unhealthy it's one extreme yeah. versus, versus another extreme right exactly so we need to look at our feminine and ask what is the power of the feminine and you know what's the power of the feminine that's interesting i read a, an interesting um on strong women right. on daily om you know daily om I love daily Om. Love I love daily. daily. Yes, and today they there was a very short. I like that she writes very short little uh, you know paragraphs. Yes. It's not too long. I don't have time for too long. But she mm -hmm. showed a really cool um, uh, email. Strong. It's called Strong Woman. What makes a woman confident in her ability? Yes, to I, read it, yeah? I read it today. Yeah, love it. Feminine wisdom. And you know what yes. it is? I mean, there. One little thing I, I would argue with, but it's. It is about our power to <clears throat> connect to wisdom. It's not necessarily feminine wisdom. This wisdom is genderless. It's available to men and women. It's cr the creator. It's the all around. But yeah. it's not feminine wisdom. It's our feminine qualities that are allowing the connection to that wisdom. Men are always in the head. You know what you talk about being in the head and being, yeah. being, you know, trying to control things. That's the head. That's the mind. That's the masculine. Woman is in the heart. So with our feminine qualities, it's not weak to surrender. It's not weak. Surrender sometimes looked upon as a weak quality, right? Conquer is the strong one. But surrender means letting go, like you did the Kundalini, and connecting to the power around. And if you are dealing with a strong man, a dominating man, or unethical man right instead of trying to dominate him or put him down which is you know a reaction right right it's okay to take a deep breath it's okay to just connect to the wisdom and the wisdom will tell you what to do and the wisdom will connect you to the insight and and exact the right words to speak to that man who's dominating or bulldozing you or being you know mean to you for example or dismissive you know right, right. So instead of fighting him mm -hmm, you know what I find challenging, though, is to switch gears um, between. So when you're at work, right, and you are sending emails and um, you're drafting whatever that you are drafting and uh, you need to get a result, you need to get something done and you are determined and 
you are a go-getter, right? And then you need to switch gears and you're at home, especially right now when you work from home, where it's all blended, where your home is your office. And I don't think it's actually healthy, honestly speaking, because there should be a barrier, there should be a line. Mm. Because then you're home and if you're a wife, if you're a mother, uh, you need to be nurturing and or if you're a caretaker, you need to switch gears to become that person, more of a hard person. Whether at work, you're more of a mind person. You're all in your head. So mm-hmm. it's hard to step out of being in your head and being, let's do this, 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 organize this, this, this. And then all of a sudden, something emotional happens, something at home, something emotional happens at home, which needs your emotion. And you can't. You yeah. are like, okay, discipline, plan, we're going to get yeah. this. Yeah. But you need your emotion. It's an art. Love. It's an art of shifting gears. I remember and my that's husband feminine. used to- it is yeah. exactly. I remember my husband used to tell me when I was because we always worked kind of from home. We traveled together for for a long time before we had kids. A lot more. We traveled a lot more, and I would be working on the phone or on the computer, and I would get in the work mode, and I was I'd be writing or planning. And he's like, "You're different now. You're you're you're, you're working. You're, you're like you're so disconnected." He would get upset at me because he felt like right. I was disconnecting from him, or like you know, I'm no. not the woman, the, the feminine, and I'm like, I'm just working, and it, it could cause some tension, but now yeah. he understands, he understands, he knows me, you know, time went by, he really understands, he accepts me, and there's a lot of, you know, how many rage. years did it take, for months? It took, it took a few years, and kids helped, right. kids helped, I have to say, kids help, having kids, really help. because when you have kids, you, he can spend time with kids, while I'm being in my masculine or like determined you know analytical then i switch i spend time with kids and then while when kids are doing something we're we're together so it's like you're not on top of it you're not like constantly with each other each other you actually have different roles that you're playing you know and when you play those roles he's playing his role he's sitting in an office i'm doing something else you know and we kind of manage things in the way that it's like different chunks you know he has his chunk i have my chunk so I'm going to come back now for 15 minutes. I'm going to say hello to everybody and hug everybody, be myself. And it's also, you know, it's also, I think it takes time to be able to sort of migrate from one state to another state, one state to another state. Right. I, I really enjoyed our conversation today. I want to thank you yes, for your yes. time, Mitchell, for coming here. You. And I wish, Absolutely. of course, and let's, let's continue to stay in touch together. And I, I would love to see you in some time, probably not, not this year, but Hopefully next year, I want to come to New York. I really miss New York. I have dreams about New York every week. Oh, look at you. Wow, you better come here then. <laughs> I sure will. I, I hope sure I'll will. see you. I hope I'll see you when you come here. I wish sure we'll see each other for sure. All right. All right, darling. Okay. I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching. I'll uh, stop here and then I'll say goodbye to you one more time. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you soon. And thanks for Thank listening. You.